welcome to the Supergirl Supercast, part of the incomparable network of podcasts. I'm Trishy Matson, And I'm David Schaub. And today we are discussing Season 4, Episode 8, Bunker Hill. David, do you want to tell those who may have missed the episode what happened? Nia now's powers are revealed. Brainy helps when not mansplaining dreams. <laughs> Manchester Black arrives at Lockwood's house and gets more and more threatening, while John's acting like Jiminy Cricket, accomplishing nothing but slowing Manchester down. Not only does Agent Liberty run his terrorist group out of his own property, but his <laughs> acolytes are so incompetent they bring Kara there. Nia starts to control her powers and uses them to help save the day. After possibly the most ridiculous use of Supergirl's powers yet, she <laughs> saves Ben and Lydia Lockwood and Manchester Black. Supergirl wins the battle, but not the PR war, apparently like the British. Oh, and the new president isn't evil, but is a bit of a populist ass. He demands that Supergirl reveal her secret identity, but she refuses and is fired from the DEO. Yep, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> These are fun to write sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we start out with um, a, a creepy thing where, uh, okay, Nia is having... A bad dream, some kind of prophetic dream. But then she wakes up and her her roommate is sitting and watching her uh, somewhat creepily. Um, it's a sassy black woman who uh, tells her that she, you know, let her sleep longer than, she, than Nia had asked because she needs that two hours of sleep. I like her new roommate. <laughs> and Nia says, hey, CEOs only get five hours of sleep. Um... This is a poor life strategy, I feel. <laughs> of course, I guess she's trying to cover up the fact that she doesn't want dreams anyway, because they are scary and unpleasant. Um, I'm a little confused why Nia, who, as far as I can tell, was not adopted and raised by humans, doesn't have any better handle on how to control her powers at this point. There's aspects of her backstory and the timing of things that we don't understand yet. Maybe they'll get filled in now that her full character has been revealed. I suppose. I mean, she does say that it only happens to women of her family once every few generations, but you'd think there would be some kind of family history or something. Maybe it got lost when they were being refugees coming to Earth. Exactly. Time will tell if they care to fill it in, but I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> what I find interesting, though, is between Nia's precognition and Brainy's knowledge from the future, this show has... So much DSS machina potential <laughs> sitting around just in case they need it. It sure does. <laughs> okay, so uh, then we go to Kara and, and Jean Jones talking, and he's upset because he thought he still saw some light left in Manchester Black's eyes. Uh, they're searching his, Manchester's apartment and find some literally bloody brass knuckles. And uh, then next we see Nia, James, and Kara in the elevator. Nia has uh, three things of coffee, and um, she gets another vision uh, of Agent Liberty pointing a gun and drops the coffee, and Kara catches them all, of course. Uh, it's all, you know, very chummy in the elevator. <laughs> I would think trying to catch three falling cups of coffee without spilling any of these obviously empty coffee cups, 
would clearly be a superpower and you just shouldn't do it. Sometimes you should just let the coffee hit the floor. Even yes. if you can kind of tell all Kara does is reach off a of frame and pick three different coffee cups. Right. I mean, she grew up hiding her powers. Uh, you, I can't believe there weren't any lunchroom accidents with people in her high school cafeteria dropping things. So, yeah, she should be able to control herself enough to not pick up every little thing. But maybe it was her favorite dress and she didn't want to get coffee stains on it. Possibly that. Does show This show does not have the same budget as the first Spider-Man movie. <laughs> That's right. So Cora tells Nia that she's noticed that her stories about narcolepsy don't add up and she's worried about them. And uh, at this point, there's they get brushed off. But um, uh, later, uh, Cora actually gets Nia to com come clean about being an alien without, of course, telling, <laughs> telling Nia her own story. Nia is also like Cara in that she is a bad liar. Mm-hmm. Are there, well, I guess Manchester Black is the only really good liar that I'm... Well, and Ben Lockwood, too, for a while. Okay. So, the uh, Colonel Hayes is questioning Frank, one of the Agents of Liberty, who says that he is Agent Liberty. Um, and uh, Hayes tells him, frankly, you're not leadership material, which I did get a little <laughs> chuckle out of. <laughs> and uh, Brainiac refers to Spartacus, and um, uh, Kara and Alex, uh, well, Supergirl, I guess, in this scene, and Alex are pleased and encouraged to know that he's brushing up on his classics to, you know, deal better with people from the 21st century. Um, but, you know, I think much more important from that is the fact that they still cannot follow simple directions to not turn around and point at people when Kara is telling him to be subtle. <laughs> he seems to flub a lot. They're finding that as the mechanism for comedy relief is him flubbing something. And it's like, guys. It's lazy and it's not funny. <laughs> it's just not funny. If it was funny, I'd give them a pass. But it's, yeah. so far, it's not funny. He was better done in this episode than the last episode. Almost everything in this episode was better. Oh, I would have absolutely agree with that. It was a better episode. I like it that they gave us the answer to what I was complaining about in the previous episode was they, in fact, arrested 12 people. And while they may not be leadership material, the fact that all of them are able to not tell anyone anything is pretty impressive for a bunch of random people off the street joining the Children of Liberty. What I find interesting here is that they have all their backgrounds erased, of which I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're unable to identify who they are. And again, there's some money backing we can't explain here as to who would have erased their backgrounds. So we'll see in the future. Right. I don't have any sense that uh, Ben Lockwood has spent time learning how to erase people's identities. But we do see him this episode talking to someone on his cell phone who is clearly in charge of Ben Lockwood and what he does. My notes have, who is Thack? Right. <laughs> I don't know if he was in charge of Ben or just someone who at least could stand up to him, but it could go either way. It sounded to me like Ben was asking for permission to have Agent Liberty back down yeah. somewhat so that Ben Lockwood and his new TV show would have more credibility or at least, you know, would would like like Agent Liberty is making all of the anti-aliens look bad. <laughs> 
Also regarding those arrested people, there is not even a reference to anyone asking if John could read their minds. Yeah, um, I guess he feels like that would be an invasion of them, but I think it's kind of invasive too for John to do what he does during this episode, which is he keeps uh, he keeps uh, mentally projecting his voice into um, Manchester Black's head, and even you know uses that to temporarily disable Manchester Black, which I think is. A much more, well, it's certainly as invasive as listening in on what people are thinking. Easily. This is clearly a violent use of his abilities. And the argument the show gives is Manchester Black made a promise to Fiona. Therefore, it's okay for John to inflict mental violence to him. I don't know how John is making the acrobatics to make that ethical for himself, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, I'm not okay with it. <laughs> Let alone anything else. What if he's doing this talking while Manchester Black is driving a car and makes him have an accident? You know, even if he weren't in the middle of violent activities, it's still a dangerous thing to do. I thought it was interesting that the conversations they have are actually out of time. The episode was a little unclear in parts. That had not been at all clear to me before, but they did in this episode show... Ben Lockwood kind of frozen while this talk was going on. Yeah, I only noticed it on my second viewing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was one thing that had worried me before that is now resolved. But at the same time, you know, there there are the ethical problems. And even if uh, Jean feels like he's justified because he needs to stop this dangerous man, he's he's just doing that. Off his own bat. He doesn't seem to have any kind of uh, legal authority for what he's doing, um, even if he is working with the DEO. I respect that whether the DEO would make it legal or not is not an issue for him now. It would be his own ethics that is the only thing that matters. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I don't know if the writers are defending that very well either. Yeah. Okay, so we had Alex having a one-on-one -on -one with the president, except it's not what I would define as a one-on-one, -on -one as since uh, Colonel Hayes was right standing right there next to her during the video call. But anyway, the upshot... Colonel Hayes is one-on-one, -on -one, I think. My notes say, this isn't a one-on-one. -on -one. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, whoever one-on-one -on -one it was supposed to be, it's not how I define one-on-one, -on -one, but... Let that pass. The uh, importance of the video call is that the president is not really worried about what the strategic thing to do is. He's upset that his poll numbers are going down. Well, I guess we're not supposed to like President Boxleitner that much. <laughs> I guess not, no. What I think the president should have been complaining about is... Why did Supergirl go to the island without telling the DEO? Yes. If anything should have gotten Supergirl fired. That should be it. It sure should. And they didn't even bring it up at all this episode. Nope. And they should have. I mean, Colonel Hayes kept telling her and Alex, you know, well, it wasn't Alex's fault that time. But, you know, no more independent operations. And yeah, this, this should have definitely been a thing that had consequences. And Alex should have taken an issue with it as well. So it's a pity we never got that scene. Mm -hmm. So what we do get next is a weird and creepy scene where 
Um, Ben Lockwood comes home and finds that uh, Manchester Black is there having tea with his wife, who is named in this episode. Her name is Lydia. Hey, Lydia. (laughs) And anyway, so Manchester uh, makes some references in his conversation that clue Ben in that uh, Manchester knows who he is. So uh, Ben wants to walk Manchester out of the house and, and, you know, as they're, as they leave the parlor, um, you know, he says, just leave my wife out of this. And uh, Manchester says, but she's the guest of honor. And at this point, you really start worrying about his wife's chance of leaving the situation alive. Indeed. I quite like the scene because initially we don't think Ben Lockwood knows who Manchester Black even is, Mm -hmm. except by name. When he starts mentioning Fiona, then Ben clues in as to what's actually going on. Right. He's just terrified. And that is nicely played as this scene gets creepier and creepier. It goes from nice to socially awkward to a horror movie. Right. Um, I did think it was clear, though, that his terror was for his wife, not himself. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, Kara gets Nia to say, you know, yes, she's an alien. Um, and she says that, uh, but her dreams aren't really helpful because she never knows, you know, where or when they are or, you know, how to track any of that down. Kara says, she knows someone who could help with that. And Brainy walks in and says, hey, girl. And he leans on a counter and falls off of it. Yeah. Not funny. <laughs> yeah, so that happens. Um, but the Mind Palace stuff is always fun. Yes, yes. Uh, he he um, unmasks uh, from his image inducer and shows his normal blue-skinned, white-haired self. But he doesn't hypnotize her. He tells her, he tells Nia to listen to Kara's voice and count backward. And... Then they take her through her dream again, and she knows where to go this time. Uh, whatever is happening is going to happen in Collinwood, which I presume is a suburb of National City. I would assume so. There's a bunch of movement in this episode that does not make much sense. Hand waved for editing's sake. Yeah. Yeah, I would assume Collinwood is either a nearby town or close to it, and it is also very close to the industrial park. It's also a strange place where people can actually walk around in Children of Liberty masks and no one seems to notice. So it's a weird place. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Okay, so then we're back at the Lockwood home with the wife showing Manchester around and uh, points to the display case. And apparently Ben Lockwood's great-great-grandfather forged knives or i guess bayonets for people for americans to use at bunker hill um and uh uh ben says significantly that the british thought they had won but it turned out to be such a bloody battle that they lost the war Uh, okay (laughs) like everything agent liberty says i don't quite understand what his analogies are supposed to mean Uh, yeah well i i mean there was a lot else going on with you could earn you could ar- you could certainly argue that Bunker Hill was a turning point in the American Revolution, but actually there were a lot of turning points <laughs> in the revolution. 
But also there is no equivalent event occurring. Um, yeah, I, I think he means, I think Ben is actually referring to what he assumes is about to be his martyrdom. Um, That's possible. You know, if Manchester Black kills him, it will only make the movement stronger or something like that. I think that's what he meant. Sure, we can run with that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, Manchester finally admits what he's talking, actually talking about, uh, threatens Ben with a knife and with the bayonet and calls him Agent Lydia, uh, sorry, Agent Liberty. And then Jean Jones starts interfering. Manchester, like, draws the the blade of the bayonet across his palm and the pain drives out Jean Jones, which I didn't really completely believe in anyway. But anyway, the, the pain drives him out. Ben attacks. Uh, then Manchester tells Lydia that her husband is a terrorist and let's go looking for his mask. Which she doesn't know. So that answers that question from last podcast. Yes, she looked totally shocked and, and you know, how can this be? This cannot be. Um, so yeah, so we did get some answers questioned, some questions answered uh, this episode. So that was good. Um, and of course, more questions arise. So Brainy and Kara and Nia are walking around Collinwood as discussed. Um, Brainy once again proves an unable to follow simple instructions about not giving clues to their enemies. <laughs> Without a doubt, these three together are the worst spies imaginable. Yes. They're almost a yes. comedy troupe for spies. Except, you know, okay, if they had been, you know, if the writers were going for a comedy troupe, that could be fun. They kind of were. Kind of. I guess they're kind of playing it for humor, but... Uh, I would like them to either go for that or to not make them so embarrassingly inept. They are very inept spies, which in this case doesn't hurt, but it is just, right. it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> to watch. Anyway, Kara confronts some, uh, uh, some Liberty folks, children of Liberty, and she gets thrown in a van and, uh, uh, Brainy is I'm unable to prevent Nia from running up to the situation and getting tangled with it. And so he, all, all three of them, end up chained up in a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> but why that warehouse? Just just why that warehouse? Of all the ways it, of them figuring out that it was Ben Lockwood, this seems the weakest. Yeah. It, it seems very poor planning on Ben's part. Um, because he had to know that they would get dragged down eventually. Or else, you know, if he was going to make it a base, he should have been a lot more careful about who on on his uh, team got to know about it. Well, that's the problem with being a populist. <laughs> anyway, so they're chained to the railing. Nia thinks, you know, this is bad because reporters shouldn't get put at risk <laughs> like that. And uh, Kara says, tell that to Lois Lane. And oddly... Nia, the rookie reporter, has no idea who the Pulitzer-winning Lois Lane, girlfriend of Super Superman, is. I don't think anyone on this continent would be able to not know who Lois Lane is. It seemed very bizarre, but we didn't get an explanation for that. Uh, Nia heard, or no, I guess, um, was it Nia had a vision of people talking or Supergirl hearing people talking? Nia falls unconscious for a moment, 
mm-hmm. and knows when the bullet is going to be shot at what angle, so that when she wakes up, she then acts on that knowledge. Right. So their captors had figured out that these were reporters that they have brought to the secret clubhouse. Oh no, what should we do? And obviously their decision was, we'll just kill them all. Um, <laughs> and Which is not a bad plan, to be fair. Well, if you're evil, right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so, so yes, Nia, uh, they come with the gun. Nia flinches and puts her arms in exactly the right position so that when the bullet is fired, uh, it severs her handcuff chain. She's like um, a Jedi. She just has to sleep for a little bit before each action. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you could learn to control your precognition that would be an excellent aid in in a fighting uh encounter sure um it was luck this time presumably brainy will help her learn how to use that although it seems a little bit interference e just to go back i would like to just mention the one great line that we do get from Uh which is before admitting that he knows who neonal is he gives the line there's no version of me telling you what I know that does not impact the space-time continuum. Of which, at that point, Alex and Kara both go, whoa, and don't let him move until he explains that. <laughs> okay, so back to uh, Liberty. They find Ben Lockwood's costume. His wife is horrified. Manchester tells him to put it on and you can die doing what you love. Then back to the trio um, in the warehouse there, the people they would like to question are unconscious, but they realize that they're being held at the Lockwood steel building. Brainy checks the history. Kara calls Alex and asks if Lockwood might be agent Liberty. Alex goes and tells Frank that we don't need your cooperation anymore. We know that your leader is uh, Ben Lockwood and he, uh, breaks down, wait, wait, give me a chance to, to rat on them. (laughs) Um, and so he does. And, uh, Alex confirms that yes, uh, Lockwood is Liberty. At this point, lots of very strange movement occurs, but effectively the people from all these locations walk across the street because car obviously has to go maybe two blocks to Ben Lockwood's house. (laughs) whereas. Neonal and Brainy walk across the street to the Nth Metal Factory. It doesn't really matter. Everyone ends up in the Nth Metal Factory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it doesn't seem like the timing should have quite worked out. No, it really it, doesn't. But who finds <laughs> whatever they needed to get them all then then and there in the same place. So anyway, Manchester Black had been beating up Liberty and saying, you know, it could be worse. I could have gone for an eye and Eye for an eye, since you killed Fiona, I could kill your wife. What does that feel like? And then, of course, is the moment when uh, Jean Jones mentally attacks uh, Manchester Black. Ben stabs Manchester with the bayonet and escapes. Manchester chases him. Kara flies to, or Supergirl flies to Lockwood's yard, sees the open cellar, calls out for Lockwood. Nobody answers. And then there's a weird scene where Brainy and Nia are leaving the warehouse more slowly, except Brainy tells Nia, I told you to wait for Kara. So I guess his plan was to leave her there at the steel 
no, steel I, plant? No, that was them arriving across the street. Because the Anth Metal Factory is across the street, basically, from the steel plant. Mm-hmm. So they just went across the street, and she was just outside, and I think that was supposed to be them just walking inside of the Anth Metal Factory. All of these buildings okay. are really close. <laughs> they have to be. <laughs> and the first question I have is, why doesn't Supergirl hear the gunshots that Manchester fires when he can't hit the side of a barn? Yeah, I can't help you with that. <laughs> There's no help for me here. They all end up in the factory. Who cares how? Right. So Liberty, I'm uh, sorry, Manchester had been about to kill uh, Lockwood slash Liberty. Um, and stupidly, before he shoots, asks any last words. And that gives Supergirl enough time to fly into him. And uh, uh, then they play hunt around the factory for a while. But uh, Manchester throws an object to Supergirl. It, it's a mini explosion, and she gets a lung full of something, and her eyes are all red. And I forget the exact explanation, but anyway, he... he Alien moon dust. Yeah, so whatever. <laughs> he slowed her down so that, you know, the, the fighting and searching could continue. Um, then he shoots something. Uh, you know, he first he tries to talk her into joining him, uh, which of course is no go. And then he uh, shoots something, and uh, the the and nth metal coats her so that she is, and it then instantly solidifies so that she is stuck to the floor. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's one of the particular virtues of this material that it coagulate so quickly i don't know how nth metal behaves so if you want to say that the nth metal flows out of the container lands and then solidifies really quickly i'm fine with that it's really tough i'm fine with that i have no problem with any of that okay the issues i i have with it is manchester then walks away from kara and all of these scenes play out directly in the view of kara who has <laughs> range weapons Yes, yes, she, she does. She has I-beams. She can mm -hmm. freeze them. She can do anything. She doesn't need to move mm -hmm. to solve any of this. Yep. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and that's not even the most ridiculous part. Tell me what the most ridiculous part is, David. <sighs> you know what the most ridiculous part is, Trish. <laughs> when she flies up, she doesn't take a bit of the floor with her. She takes the entire building <laughs> with her. And it then survives being lifted up 50 feet in the sky and then being dropped down that on itself. And is still a building at the end of the episode. That building had some amazing structural integrity. I'm sure to someone's it. going it's... to say, but it's made out of nymph metal. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the ground would not have supported the building being flown up like that. That is bonkers. Yes, it is. It was. It was really. It was just so wrong to see. <laughs> You know, it, it was like watch. You know, it was like the Baxter Building being turned into a spaceship. It was just no, no, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it's almost more offensive that they seem to ignore her heat vision. Yeah, I mean, it was just dumb. Uh, she probably could have yelled really loudly and stunned Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> she could have spat at him. <laughs> <Knocked him down. laughs> Yeah, something. <laughs> Not what they did. That was, that was... It does give Nia the chance to be the hero in this case. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She uh, runs the hook 
factories always have hooks hanging around on them that you can run from one place to another. That's just how factories are. <laughs> There's a trope here, uh-huh. and I couldn't find the name of the trope. Like, industrial hook trope. I don't know yeah. what it is. And we've even seen it in this show before, but I don't know um, exactly what it's called. Right. But anyway, uh, Nia figures out that uh, it's the right time to run that that hook uh, into Manchester Black to stop him from shooting uh, Ben. Then Ben is going to shoot Manchester. Lydia yells, shop. Supergirl does her flying the whole warehouse into the air act and drops it and catches Lydia. <sighs> okay. <laughs> and as expected, her saving Agent Liberty and his wife is not noticed whatsoever by Agent Liberty. No. No. He, you know... Does not give her any credit for that because, you know, the whole situation should never have existed in the first place, I suppose. So, a squad car takes Manchester Black away. I was interested that this was, you know, just regular police, not DEO. He, he was not being taken to a DEO cell, uh, I guess, because he's just a human. As far as you know, he's a human who is trying to kill a human. Right. So, so right. Let the police handle that. As the police start to take Ben Lockwood in, a crowd of reporters appears and he tells the reporters, look at my face. This is what aliens do. Aliens did this because they don't like what I say. Now you know who Agent Liberty is. But what about Supergirl? Who is she? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I'm still trying to understand if there's an idiom in the English language I don't know about, which is I'm cards up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean... I, I guess he's talking about the idiom of laying your cards on the table. Face up so people can so, see them, I suppose. So other people can see the cards that you hold. Um, I think that's what he meant. You know, you all you reporters know who I am now. I think that's what he meant by that. I agree that's what he means. But yeah, it's not a common expression as far as I know, the way he said it. But anyway, um, so moving on from there. James is watching stuff on on his wall of monitors at Catco and tells the enemy intern, who I guess he's confiding in because all of the main reporter crew is elsewhere, um, and, and it would be weird to call Lena at this point in time. Anyway, he tells that intern who uh, tried to sabotage Nia before that uh, everyone will know now that Lockwood is just a psycho in a mask. And she, for a second, looks unconvinced, um, but then smiles and agrees with him. So I don't know if she's actually one of the, you know, murder bigots, too, or if she just thinks he's too optimistic about humanity. There's a bunch of questions I have about the staff at Catco. (laughs) (laughs) They don't seem to be the people who write the news. They're the people who watch the news. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then we go back over to the DEO, and the president shows up in person, uh, which, uh, okay, I guess National City. Is the White House in National City? I do not think so. Okay, anyway, however long his flight was, it was short enough for him to go over as they are discussing the aftermath. And he shows uh, everyone a tabloid saying... You know, it has the picture of Lockwood being arrested, and it says, human rights activist imprisoned. 
is the headline. <laughs> yeah, the rags say that, therefore it must be true. Yeah, he... This might be a president who watches Fox and Friends, too. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, he says, uh, this looks bad. And, uh, you know, we need to make sure publicity for us is good, not bad. And so he says, and Hayes agrees, that we need, we, the government, need transparency, um, which is pretty funny just by itself um and he says we need to know who you are you supergirl uh, supergirl says that everyone i know and love would be at risk the president says my family is with the secret service you think they're not at, at risk how is that an argument yeah kara does not make the counter argument that you know all my loved ones are are you offering Secret Service protection exactly. to all of my loved ones. <laughs> my friends <laughs> don't have Secret Service people protecting them. So what does that have to do with me? Right. Yeah, that was an argument she clearly should have made. But <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, she doesn't. Uh, I think that was definitely a failure. Um, but anyway, so Cora says she can't reveal them. And he says, you're dismissed. I hope you'll comply with that. The U.S. doesn't want a girl with a war with Supergirl. And Supergirl says, then I trust you won't start one. Ooh. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> so I guess at this some point this season, we're going to have some kind of conflict with Supergirl and the government. And Alex will have to choose whether to obey her orders or, you know, side with Supergirl. And we know which one she'll choose, but there will be a little conflict for a little while in that. In many regards, I don't see why Kara needed to be an employee of the DEO to do most of what she did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it right. wasn't even very clear that she was an employee of the DEO. Well, we've speculated before that, you know, that's the only way she could could probably afford her nice apartment. But, yeah, yes, um, for the wage, perhaps. <laughs> I suppose she has a social security number and all of that, but it's just a little hard to uh, understand all that. There's oh, aspects well. of Kara's adoption that still are unknown, because clearly someone must have faked her at some point. You know, I suppose so. I would think so. There's tons of interesting questions there as to how legitimate... Kara as a human being in the United States actually is. Mm -hmm. Arguably, Supergirl is probably more legitimate because she probably signed whatever Amnesty Act thing there was. Right. Um, she, she, the government is aware of her, at least. So then you have a scene from outside the jail where uh, Lockwood is being taken. And as they take him away, uh, he sees that Lydia is watching from the fence and she starts yelling liberty and the crowd takes up the chant and so ben has a sad little smile on his face as they take him away though it does mean at least his wife has agreed to support him in his current endeavor right to some degree yeah i mean she she could have if if she if she loved him but didn't agree what with what he was doing she could have yelled i love you but for her to yell liberty, that's a clear signal that she's taking up the cause now. Okay, so. <laughs> One other thing about the president and the argument there is, I think for Kara to be an employee of the DEO, there's absolutely no doubt that they could have that conversation as to whether she should reveal her secret identity to them, maybe not to the population in general. Right. I kind of in the back of my head now want to rewatch the last three and a half seasons 
<laughs> to see how many people in the DEO know Supergirl is Kara. I've been under the impression that some of them do. And now I kind of want to go back and check. But I, sh- I, I really feel like someone would have told Colonel Hayes by now if they if they knew. I would have thought so. But maybe the show has been tighter in that secret keeping than I bothered paying attention <laughs> to. But the real kicker is the only reason they're doing this is because of Agent Liberty saying, what about Supergirl? Huh? You know who I am. Who is she? Because Agent Liberty says that is why the president is saying this to Supergirl. And that is ridiculous. Yes. That they're making the request is perfectly reasonable. Right. It's it's playing into the hands of the murder bigot and 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 the movement and their propaganda it's it's you know allowing them to state the arguments and the government has to respond to them yeah but in many regards i still like what this episode has done is this is another episode where faster than we may have expected supergirl wins the battle Mm -hmm. but she's clearly not winning the pr war still right yeah i liked what they did um other than uh, the 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 way they still misuse some of the characters a little bit, and other than the bad science of the final fight, I liked what they did. They have very swiftly, quicker than I res- expected, resolved the um, Ben Lockwood and Agent Liberty thing, uh, at least to the point of, you know, now now his identity is out in the open. I imagine he will find a way to keep propagandizing from his jail cell. Yeah, I don't think that's over. <laughs> he won't have a TV show anymore, but uh, he's certainly going to be a voice that gets out there. Um, so yeah, I, I liked uh, it. It had had some had some excitement and action, and moved the whole arc forward a bit. Um, and there were some moments that made me laugh, and not you know laughing with the show, not at the show. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, I thought it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. And then at the very end of the show, uh, we saw the Earth-90 scene um, where someone in a Flash costume, um, but but not our beloved Barry, was uh, crawling along the ground toward a book. And some guy that I didn't recognize picked it up and said, you have failed. Um, and he opened up the book and a brilliant light came out of it so that's uh obviously a tease for the crossover plot that we'll be seeing next week i find it funny that 52 earths is clearly not enough so we're now up to at least 90 (laughs) the name of the character is apparently the monitor i have no idea who that is and i assumed the actor playing the flash was the dad flash from some earth which i can't remember the name of which earth that was that's who it looked like to me. I couldn't quite tell because of the mask, but that's who yeah. I thought of. But I'm not sure. We will find out. We will. I'm sure it'll be fun. So, any other thoughts about the episode before we wrap this up? Nope, that's it. I'll have to see how the crossover episode stories go. Indeed. Yep. Looking forward to it. Okay. Okay, uh, if any of our listeners would like to continue the conversation about this episode or other episodes with us, um, you can um, talk to us on Twitter at SG Supercast, or you can uh, join the Slack members, uh, the member Slack for The Incomparable, and find us on the TV channel. And I'd like to thank um, 
Well, you, David, of course, for another interesting conversation. Happy to be here. Um, and I'd like to thank The Incomparable for hosting us, as always. So, talk to you next time. Bye.